install is for immediate loading and unloading of passengers only. There is no stopping in the red zone. The white zone is for immediate loading and unloading of passengers only. There is no stopping in the red zone. The white zone is for immediate loading and unloading of passengers only. There is no stopping in the red zone. The white zone is for immediate loading and unloading of passengers only. There is no stopping in the red zone. Hey. The red zone is for immediate loading and unloading of passengers only. There is no stopping in the white zone. No, the white zone is for loading and unloading, and there is no stopping in the red zone. The red zone has always been for loading and unloading. There's never stopping in a white zone. Don't tell me which zone is for stopping and which zone is for loading. Listen, Betty, don't start up with your white zone shit again. There's just no stopping in a white zone. Oh, really, Vernon? Why pretend? We both know perfectly well what it is you're talking about. You want me to have an abortion. It's really the only sensible thing to do. If it's done properly, therapeutically, there's no danger involved. We're here to talk about airplane. What's that? It's a big machine that flies through the air, but that's not important now. Let's talk about the movie. Okay. Okay. This is uh, 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. All right. And yeah, we're going to talk about the movie Airplane. Um, it's a pretty famous movie, yep, would yep. you say? Uh, yes, Jason Martin, it is. And I'm Paul Conlon, your yes. co-pilot for tonight. <laughs> yes. Um, and um, wait, wait, wait. Co-pilot, not autopilot. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, now, we start out in this uh, movie with, this movie has several parodies of other movies in it. And we start out instantly with Jaws parody. Yeah. Where the, uh, you see the, the, uh, the whatchamacallit of the plane sticking out of the clouds. Yeah. And you hear the Jaws music. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is something I mentioned a few, I think if one of our movies we did were, um, Jaws gets parodied within that movie. Um, and uh, there's several movies on my list, I think, where they talk about Jaws or parody <coughs> Jaws. Um, is Jaws on your list? Yeah. It yeah, is on my list. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, uh, <laughs> um, you know, you see uh, Robert Hayes, who's the, he's the cab driver. Yep. And uh, he pulls up and that guy in the back seat. <laughs> He's just going to run in or whatever. Oh, he, he, he pulls up to the airport. He leaves parks the car, one one wheel up on the curb. Yeah. And he, he starts running out. And so some other guy gets in the back seat. Robert Hayes, I'll be right back. But then he turns the meter on. Yeah. Which is important <laughs> later on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, you hear the uh, the intercom, the announcements, uh, the uh, couple arguing. The red zone. The white zone, there. red zone. That uh, that's one of the funniest jokes I think in the movie to me is them two arguing basically and it ends up in an abortion discussion. <laughs> so you're saying you think you should get an abortion? Yeah. I think that'd be a sprawl. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I forget one of them says. Uh, I think the guy says, "I'm not here to talk about your white white zone bullshit again." 
Um, I, I talked to uh, one of my Facebook friends, uh, actually a guy that I met at Doug Loves Movies taping one time. He lives in Florida, and he said that he used to uh, that he worked at an airport for a while, and they they would they would do that. Those lines, they do the routine. Those dudes lines to each other while they were like unloading luggage or whatever they're doing at the airport all all day long. Um, and um, you know, early on, you see something uh, a bunch of different religious people um, in the uh, in the airport, and that's something that used to be. Obviously, this movie is probably is the reason it got so famous. But they used to be a running joke always. The state of comedians and TV shows and movies. Always run into the Harry Krishna. Right. Especially the right. oddball religious people. Right. Give away something and read my pamphlet. Yeah. Come on my cult. Yeah. Yeah. It was always the Harry Krishna's. Um, I think there's probably a hundred different stand-up comedians that had jokes about Harry Krishna's. And uh, that was something you always heard about like in the eighties and into the nineties, probably too. Um, and um, uh, Robert, you have Robert Hayes. Um, um, talking to Julie Haggerty, um, I can't remember what, what she says in there, but basically, you know, it was, it's very, uh, <clears throat> dramatic and mm -hmm. earnest and yeah. it wasn't comedic at all. It was right. like the setup right. for their relationship yeah. and yeah. basically her also giving exposition for his background yeah. and how, how yeah. dire it is yeah. you know, for him. Yeah. And then it ends with him looking at the camera and saying, what a pisser. What a pisser. <laughs> um, the uh, you have uh, Robert Stack there, uh, he's like at the magazine stand. And uh, no, 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 it wasn't Stack, it was uh, Stack comes in later on. Oh, wait a minute, was it Peter Graves? Peter Graves, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, he picks up modern sperm, I believe, yeah, yeah, and it showed the magazine section says uh, whacking material with all the uh, nudie mags, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was Peter Graves, that's right. Um, and then people talking to him over the intercom. Captain Over. Right. And they know that he picked up the wrong phone. It's like, no, the white phone. You know, they can. Um, and we, he, it's the Mayo Clinic. He's talking to the Mayo Clinic. And for the first time ever watching this movie recently, I noticed all the jars of mayo. Mayo. <laughs> so, <laughs> really? So you do with the Mayo Clinic because of all the mayonnaise. Right. Right. And uh, he's, the, uh, the woman over the intercom is, um, you know, doctor, he's, Dr. Ham's calling for him now. Let's give me the ham on five, hold the mayo. Yeah. Um, and then we were just talking about this. It's the first time we've ever noticed that it was Jimmy Walker cleaning the airplane windshield. Yep. Um, and, you know, Jimmy Walker was always already an enormous big TV star. Yeah. I mean, at the time. I can't believe I'd never. You never noticed it was him. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I must have when I was a little And I, I remember the that. psych gang. Yeah, yeah. Of them, they're ignoring it and it's going on in the background and they're mm -hmm. talking normal type stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the, the next psych egg that pops up would be the uh, credit card receipt through the windshield, which is kind of yeah, slightly humorous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they had uh, this is pretty early on. You see, um, you know, you you see Kareem and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar there. Um, Roger. Roger Murdoch. Uh, you knew the original choice was to play Roger Murdoch. Um, no, Pete Rose, Pete Rose, yeah. But they were filming, it was August, so it's uh, the middle of the baseball season, yeah. so they actually wanted Pete Rose, uh, to do it. And, uh, I mean, it's hard to imagine anyone but Kareem doing it now. You know, it's funny, the same people did uh, The Naked Gun and they had OJ Simpson, yeah, in a yeah, similar supporting role, right? They had Pete Rose here, right. OJ Simpson there, they would have been known for hiring the 
really controversial right, right, role right, right. sports people. OJ Simpson's slightly more controversial but, uh, at you know, the moment. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a few baseball fanatics who probably think that Rose is more controversial. Than that. Right, right. Well, you know, OJ Simpson had a fairly major role in that movie. Yes. And he had already been an actor in a lot of movies. Yes, but they also had, but they did have Reggie Jackson in the movie too. Yes, um, and um, you know, Reggie Jackson. I don't know if he committed any major crimes. He's just generally, a, you know, he, a tried, he did he try to kill with. someone in the movie, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's hard to imagine anyone but Kareem. All the great jokes they got. Oh Obviously, yeah, yeah. they would have written different jokes, but uh, got some the, the little boy calling him out to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> right, right, right. It was right, stuff. and then is and then is uh, the other two, the other two guys, the, the pilot and the navigator, are just like they don't even know the conversations <laughs> yeah. happen. They don't know that it's really him. And he grabs him by the shirt collar. I, told I, like, I like when he gets sick later on. They pull him out of the cockpit. Right. And he's wearing his, his goggles. His, go- his, his goggles. His Lakers uniform. And his Lakers uniform. Yeah. And uh, just this morning, I saw that he is giving away the same type of goggles he wore oh. to people to use for healthcare. Oh, good. For the virus. Very like, good. Like, I don't know, like 10,000 of them or something like that. Replicas of, of his. Just this Good. morning, I heard that on news. Yeah, um, yeah. See him being pulled out with his Laker shorts on, and <laughs> and uh, when he he grabs the uh, he grabs the kid, and uh, you know his dad says, "You don't really try anymore, except during the playoffs." <laughs> he says, "You try you try uh, uh, dragging Lanier and Walton up down the court yeah. for forty eight minutes." Um, that was. I don't know. It's one of the great. Uh, I mean, you can't call it a cameo because it sort of is because he's playing himself. But great little moments. At the moment, he was himself, out of character. Right. He was Roger. Right. Right. Roger Murdoch, who Roger I believed. Murdoch. Now that I think about it, he was probably related to the Murdoch from the uh, Lethal Weapon series. Oh, really? Yeah. What what his name? Roger Murdoch. I don't remember. It I don't was remember. Roger. It might have been. Uh, Danny Murder? Well, Danny Glover's character? Yeah, Danny Glover's character. Was it right I don't remember, there? actually. I'll have to look that up while we talk about something else. Yeah. Um, Murtaugh. Danny Murtaugh. Oh, okay. Yeah, Roger, yeah. Mur- Roger Murtaugh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you see uh, Robert Hayes uh, asking the woman, uh, is whatever her name was, is she on this flight? Yes. And you know, smoking or non-smoking, and you're smoking. You think you're going to smoking ticket? Yeah, smoking ticket. Um, and obviously, that's a that's a good joke, but it's just. But they follow through because the next time you see him before he gets on the plane, his ticket is smoking, and when he sits down in his seat and looks at his ticket, it's still smoking. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, um, just the idea of the security of it. Um, back then, you could say, "Yeah, is she on there? Sure, okay." You know. And it's ridiculous now to think that uh, they would never give away any information whatsoever about that kind of thing. True. Um, and uh, you see the two black dudes, uh, you know, and you see the drive subtitles. Yes. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is the first time that subtitles are used for somebody, you know what I mean? Like in a for humorous a, way. For a, a dialect, American dialect. Right, right. For like, you know, you'll see reality shows now where somebody's like pretty much a hillbilly and they have subtitles because you really can't understand what they're saying. I think a few of the episodes of our show. Right, so I was going to say. Johnny had a few subtitles. I was going to say with their subtitles. Yeah, on I the think show Johnny had a subtitle too once or twice <laughs> on our show. Yeah, yeah. This might have been the first instance where they really used subtitles. 
you know, and when someone wasn't technically speaking a foreign language. Yes. So. And um, um, Robert Hayes sits down in his seat, and uh, the old woman, you know, um, get, he says, get, first, get, first time. He's like, Hello. it's like, I'm kind of nervous all the first time. No, I've been nervous lots of times. Uh, this this movie's just loaded with little 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 one asides. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you see uh, the train conductor walking yes. under the stairs up to the plane, and it's got the young couple there, and, doing the old train send off. Yeah, yeah. And and also the plane sounds like a train as it's as it's starting to taxi, and you got the woman uh, with, the, with the door open, right? With the door open, and uh, she starts running into the little. Towers or whatever they before are. Before that, she actually runs through a train crowd. The crowd yeah. She runs through a crowd as if they're waiting for a train. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, the guy throws his watch down, and she's like, no, you'll need it. He's like, don't worry. It doesn't work. <laughs> That's a great little joke. Like, well, who cares then? Why are you even bothering? Um, and, uh, and then uh, right after that, you have the scene, a uh, very famous scene, where you have Roger, uh, Victor, and uh, Over. Uh, Roger, Roger, Victor, Victor, <laughs> Vector, Victor. Roger, Roger. What's the Vector, Victor? Over, over. <laughs> that that might be the most famous uh, scene in the movie. I think that's one that people have talked about so much. Um, uh, you see, uh, the young boy uh, is reading, or the the nun is reading the, the boy's life. Boy's life. And the boy's reading, reading nun's, life. nun's life, and nun is uh, surfing. Yes. Yeah, in, in her uh, outfit and everything. Um, um, she asked if you want any light reading. Um, have a leaflet, famous Jewish sports legends. <clears throat> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Robert Hayes wants to keep talking to the old lady. Um, <coughs> and uh, she uh, she she rolls her eyes, and it's the the beginning of the uh, the joke. Um, how bad his stories are, right? Right. Or how how how, uh, how they affect everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, you see later on, you know, she's hung herself. Yes, and, and he's still talking, and she's and right. Peter dangling there next to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, his story was a throwback to several other movies, drama types, war movies, mm-hmm. Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, probably the biggest well-known parody there. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, the uh, I see it like I like when you see the uh, him thinking about his uh, his. Things in the war, the plane crashes—they're all like exactly. black, and like World War One or something, black and white, or you know, uh, from nineteen twenties um, <clears throat> or earlier. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you have the uh, yeah. He goes back to—he's telling the story of where he met her in the bar, and I forget what the. Uh, he had names for everything. right, and they were all like named after drinks. drinks like one was Drambuie, and one was Dakery. I can't remember. There must have been more, but I can't remember what it was. You see the uh, the Girl Scouts fighting each yes. other. And I noticed for the first time that those weren't girls. Those were, those were guys. Those were noticeably short guys in wigs. Um, definitely stunt guys, I'm sure. But uh, I don't think at any point in time were those actual girls. You know what? When I was a kid, I knew that. But I swear that the version I watched, on uh, it's on Showtime right now. I swear the version I watched is different because they are women. I think there's a different version. There could be. I, 
Because I knew when I was a kid, oh, of course that's a guy. But the one I watched, I watched it a few times. I'm like, no, these are actually women. Or maybe your tastes were just changing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the virus has clouded my, my thinking. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I absolutely thought, I actually knew it was men when I was younger. But I, the version I want, it's, uh, I never would have yeah. attention. Yeah. It's a, it's a, fe- it's, um, they're female. Oh, famous mm-hmm. person's calling. Hold on. We take this call. Hello? No, she's not right now. No, she can't come with the phone. My dick's in her mouth. Bye. Oh, sorry, wrong movie. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Is that on your list? Yeah. Good. We'll get to that later. Um, and uh, so you see the Girl Scouts fighting, and then one of them gets thrown into the jukebox and staying alive starts playing. Uh, that man dancing with the knife in his back is... Uh, <laughs> That was always a, when I was a little kid, that was always something we'd imitate. Another thing I noticed for the first time, mm-hmm. I could see the, the the block holding the knife under his shirt. Oh, really? I don't think I've ever noticed it before. I don't think they care. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, when you stab someone mm-hmm. and they turn around, oh, there's a knife in the back. No, there's a block back there. The knife means there's a block. Oh, okay. And the whole thing, if you notice in the movie, oh, mm-hmm. there's a block back there and he's pointing at it where the knife is, but you can see the block. That's oh, okay. okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't notice that one. Um, that's a uh, yeah. That's something we used to imitate when I was a little kid a lot. Was that uh, the dance. pointing to his dan- pointing to his knife in his back? Yeah. Um, uh, you have the uh, the young kids, uh, the boy and the girl, and uh, he offers her coffee and uh, said cream, and she says no, thank you. I take a black like my men. That was a pretty controversial line back then. <laughs> um, you see. Uh, Robert Hayes and Julie Haggerty on the beach, uh, another movie parody from Here to Eternity. Um, and uh, there's many movie parodies within this <clears> movie, <throat> for sure. The scene was a good touch. Yeah. See yeah. it all over them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we see the uh, young boy going to take a tour of the, uh, the cockpit there. And that's where you see Peter Graves doing the... Uh, Doing the old gladiator routine, right? You ever seen a grown man naked? A grown man naked, do you like zombies? Yeah, you ever hang around gymnasium? Uh, do you like movies about gladiators? Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, there's one line that uh, I don't know, Julie Haggerty and Robert Hayes are talking, I can't remember if it's in a flashback or what, but she says, uh, Julie Haggerty says to him, remember how I used to sit on your face and wriggle? <laughs> For a PG movie, this movie has a lot of really dirty, dirty stuff, stuff in yeah. it. Uh, really dirty stuff. Um, of course, back then it was no PG-13, but um, there's a lot of filthy stuff in this movie. Um, I think that was when they were in the Peace Corps teaching the natives how to, yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How to do sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It and was. she wanted to get back to the real world. And, yeah. Yeah. Um. So that would have been his second story, which would have been told to the great character actor, James Hong, who was dressed as a Japanese Japanese soldier of the entire thing. And, of course, that's led to the big joke at the end where he pulled out a sword and killed himself. And we were talking about James Hong. uh, If you don't think you know who James Hong is, yes, you do. Look him up. You know. He's been, for about 40 years, anytime they need an Asian man on the... um, been on everything, been on Bonanza and all the family, and uh, he had a memorable role in King of Queens. But his 
role that everybody knows him from is um, Seinfeld, the Chinese restaurant. He was the maitre d' or whatever manager, of the you know, yep. Seinfeld for, you know, uh, he, that, he was that guy. So he'd been in everything. Um, and uh, the, you see the psychiatric hospital. Uh, I noticed it has Visa MasterCard signs out front. Um, and uh, But not Diners Club, because that would be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, Julie Haggerty mentions uh, headquarters and our bases. What is it? It's a big building with uh, generals and such. Generals, and such. You know, that's, well, that's board the board. Yeah, um, one of the soldiers that's uh, in the the psychiatric hospital that's uh, setting up and like thinks that someone's attacking him. That's uh, uh, Bill Kirkenbauer, who later on was uh, coach. Well, yeah, in uh, Just a Ten of Us. Just a Ten of Us, yeah. A sitcom that was, uh, was a spinoff of Growing Pains. Yeah. Actually, I, I used to like that show. It was a pretty good show. So did I actually have a family relation to that show in Growing Pains. Uh, really? A cousin-in-law mm-hmm. was the uh, set decorator, visual arts guy. Okay. Set things up. He went on to do bigger and better things. Okay. Doing lots of uh, big movies, The Hangover, Iron Man, a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of big things. Okay. Cool. Um, I first... Uh, Knew or found out that he was a semi-relative by marriage, and mm-hmm. he was working on those shows, Growing Plains, and uh, mm-hmm. just attended us way back then, mm-hmm. and kind of followed him along his career. He's done very well for himself. Okay, okay. Um, that podcast that I mentioned uh, recently, uh, uh, TV Guidance Counselor, he 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 talks about that just attentiveness quite often. Growing Pains is like his favorite show, yeah, and he likes just attentiveness too. And he had one of the girls on there on. You know, Heather Lane Camp or Heather Lane Camp, yeah, Heather Lane Camp, yeah, and he had their own talking to her um, and talking about that show. He likes a lot. It was, I mean, I liked it. It wasn't like my favorite. It was a little, you know, young for me at the time. But you know, if it had been five years earlier or something, probably would have loved it a lot more. But it's a good show. I think I paid attention to it only because of the family connection. Oh, okay. had, had I not known of it, I probably okay. Wouldn't have watched it. Okay. Well, I, like I did like Growing Pains. Yeah. And I liked the style of sitcom. Mm-hmm. I think I would have watched Yeah. Identifus. Yeah. Um, and uh, also in the psychiatric hospital, you have Ethel, Ethel Merman. And they say, well, who's that over there? Who thinks he's Ethel Merman? And, and then the Ethel Merman gets is. up and starts singing her right. Ethel Merman songs. Right, right. And uh, she's singing everything comes coming up with roses. And as she gets in the roses, that's when the sedative kicks in and it kind of dies out. Um, and this was her last uh, film appearance. Film appearance, yeah. She oh. died in 1984. Oh. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is a little joke that uh, I I remember this commercial, but uh, the thing about you know she asked about the cup of coffee. Yes. And she's thinking to herself, Jim never has a second cup of coffee at home. I remember the commercials. I don't remember, I remember what coffee days. brand it was for, but. But the callback later on, he's vomiting. He, goes, he never vomits <laughs> at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't remember which uh, coffee brand it was. Maybe it was Nescafe or something. I don't know. But uh, the, the idea was that the, the wife doesn't know how to make a good cup of coffee. Or she's, she says the wrong coffee. Right. But switch well, to this coffee and your your husband will want cup after cup after cup. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we see him. Uh, he's in this. A uh, little village teaching teaching the natives, teaching them how to play basketball. Yes, that was that was a great joke. Just 
And all of a sudden, they're all spinning the ball and dunking fingers. And one guy's dunking with two basketballs on each in each hand. And even a little kid, you see him in the background while they're having conversations. The kid's like eight years old and he's spinning basketball on his finger. <laughs> um, it's like, hey, when well, you're at list, I'm going to teach him baseball. Yeah. Um, and he said that that's what something in there is what it said. And that led to my drinking problem. And uh, that was also a great running joke when I was a kid. You know, drinking problem is he can't get it in his mouth, basically he throws it in his face. Um, and uh, pretty soon after this, we see uh, after the uh, actually it was the gym vomit, never jump, never vomits at home thing. Um, people start getting sick. That's when we see Leslie Nielsen for the first time in the movie. And uh, I had uh, one of the, uh, Stuart, this is Randy, is looking for a doctor and mm-hmm. a lady. Is, I think the guy next to me is a doctor. And they turn over him, and there's Leslie Nielsen with the stethoscope in his ear. Yeah. <laughs> and his seat. He was asking to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this was, uh, you know, certainly the first comedic turn for Leslie Nielsen. He was a straight dramatic actor. Well, I think uh, for many of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Robert, Robert Stack and Peter Graves. But Lloyd Bridges, I mean, they were more too, there, yeah. more dramatic, yeah. more straightforward, not. Right, slapstick, right. this type of slapstick comedy, right? What this was, yeah. Um, and all of them just nailed it. They knocked oh, it yeah. apart because they were so well known for their more straightforward, right. dramatic stuff that this stuff just came out of no left field. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've heard many people talk about Leslie Nielsen like later on that you know he was so great in Airplane and still great in Naked Gun, but he didn't later on in his career he didn't get the fact that. It was funny because he was playing it serious, and then later on he was trying to playing it. He was trying to play it funny, and it, so it wasn't as funny. Yeah, um, he wasn't playing to his strengths anymore. Um, and um, uh, somewhere here, uh, I say we need to get them to the hospital. What is it? It's a big building with patients in it, but that's not important now. Yes, <laughs> that joke never gets old. Um, and um, we should use that sometime on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when everyone's getting sick, and I, you know, I meant to look this up and I know her name, but uh, I haven't seen anything like this since the Anita Bryant concert. And uh, do you know what that joke's about? Because uh, I know her. Mm-hmm. I know she was famous for a few years. She, she was a uh, uh, pop type singer. Right, right. Personality, I think, yeah. and everything. But then she uh, became vocal against uh, homosexuality, oh, okay. homosexual lifestyle. Oh, okay. So uh, more than likely it was a reference to people no longer liking her. Oh, okay. Certain, certain communities no longer oh, okay. stomaching her. Yeah. Because <laughs> so. she's been brought up a, a few times on the, one of the podcasts I listened to, Never Not Funny, but talking about how she was big for a while, but they didn't talk about what what happened to her career. Well, she basically, uh, I would say, say that... Uh, she imploded, but for the times, yeah, she imploded. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The more, uh, I don't know, partisan atmosphere that's av- available right now, she probably would thrive more in, in yeah. some platform or another right. uh, today than she did back then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes that makes sense because I knew she was supposedly really talented. Does yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you know, I don't know how much talent she had. I think she was a beauty queen who mm-hmm. uh, yeah, ever added to TV appearances, radio appearances, movie appearances, a couple albums, things like that. Yeah. She became one of the first celebrity celebrities, you know, famous yeah. for being famous, right? As well as doing other things, but really more famous for being famous. Yeah, 
Whereas today's famous for being famous people have done almost nothing mm-hmm. except promote their fame. Yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, like Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't really like Kanye West's uh, music much, but he he does. Actually, he actually does. He does. Have he does music at least. <laughs> he does. He does know how to make. Yeah, like a few of his songs, but yeah, he's actually doing something, really. But you know, um, and uh, what's her name? Randy was that her name? The blonde. Okay, she has a great reaction when she asks. Uh, he asked the couple, like, "What did you have?" And we both had fish and. You see her turn to the camera, not really turn to the camera, but turn away with biting her fist and mm. oh, you'll be fine. Because she actually, she actually plays it straight in the movie, yeah. like really, like she's, you know, she's whatever, just normal and not really. That she bites her, bites her fist. That was a great little joke. Um, um, and you see the uh, the inflatable co-pilot. Um, that was auto. Great, yeah, auto. Yeah, auto. Yeah, autopilot. Um, and. Uh, it took this long to where we finally see Lloyd Bridges in the movie too, and he was great too. And uh, his his running joke is uh, "Look like I picked the wrong week too." Yeah, and it starts with what drinking, smoking, and then smoking, smoking. I think drinking. smoking is first because that's right. Wilding. Then drinking, and, yeah, and amphetamines, amphetamines, and then sniffing glue. Sniffing glue was always my favorite, and that's a line I've used. Uh, it's like I picked the wrong week. Stop sniffing glue. I've used that line many times over the years, and most people don't get the reference, so they just think I'm. Right. It looks like they the wrong week to stop drinking hot chocolate. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I mentioned uh, mentioned James Hong a little bit. If you want to look him up on IMDb, he has four hundred and thirty seven credits on IMDb, uh, and that's just in the eighties on TV shows. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, <laughs> they mentioned. Uh, Taking the kid up to the cockpit, or no, taking Leslie Nielsen up to the cockpit. What is it? It's a, it's on the front of the plane. It's where the pilot sits. That's not important now. Um, and then soon after that, we get the the great, the famous line. Um, Shirley, you can't be serious. I'm always serious. Don't call me Shirley. Yeah. And uh, all together, and they both say it together. <laughs> um. You, uh, they go to get uh, Robert Stack, and uh, you see him driving with that guy in his car, and it's the fake background, which it goes from being a little bit fake because it's, it's swerving completely yes. all over the road to where there's literally Indians on horseback chasing him, um, and uh, and uh, you get the uh, Barbie Billingsley uh, saying, "Oh, stewardess, I speak jive." Um, that was a great little uh, joke, and. We'll be back right. We'll be back right after this. The stewardess said. Both pilots. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. How are the passengers doing? I won't deceive you, Mr. Stryker. We're running out of time. Surely there must be something you can do. I'm doing everything I can. And stop calling me Shirley. Okay, and uh, we're back and uh, talk a little bit about the, some of the stats of the movie. Um, the uh, Well, first of all, the Rotten Tomatoes score on this, 97. Excellent. Ties for the highest movie so far on our podcast wow. was Sideways. Wow. The only two ninety seven so far. Both with a rather droll humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. 
Um, the budget on this movie, uh, $3.5 million on the budget. So high. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, the uh, the uh, worldwide box office not adjusted for inflation was $158 million. The adjusted gross box office, $496 million. Our biggest profitable movie so far? No, no, not even close. Not even close? It's number three. Easily, it's number three. <clears throat> Um, Back to the Future and Sting. The Sting. Uh, our, uh, what about our biggest uh, multiplier from um, cost to make? Because uh, mm, one fifty-eight. Oh, okay. That's almost what fifty. Yeah. Forty to fifty. You know, I'm not sure about that. I'll look that up before the end of the episode. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But it's number three uh, so far. Okay. And uh, it was a. Uh, the awards it was nominated for Golden Globe and BAFTA for the screenplay, adapted screenplay. Uh, this was adapted from what? Um, Zero Hour, 1957 movie. The The plot is almost identical to Zero Hour. Oh. And the, Maybe that's why they keep talking about the war and the World War II <coughs> stuff. Yeah. It's a 1957 movie, and um, <coughs> Abrams and Zucker um, uh, bought the rights to it. And um, it's almost identical. Um, the plot is almost identical to that movie, Zero Hour. Um, wow. I, I really kind of want to watch Zero Hour now. Yeah, me too. My list of me too. watch it. Yeah. Um, now, at the time, of course, you know, <clears throat> it was a parody, certainly a parody of the airport movies, um, which there were, I think, like four of them. And they were huge hits in the 70s. And, yes. And see, honestly, I I know about them. But there were movies that were major hits that kind of went away and people don't re revisit, I think, um, for the most part. And, you know, Airplane certainly uh, la uh, lasts in people's memories uh, way more than those movies do. Um, and, um, <clears throat> Paul, do you remember when you first saw the movie? I do not remember when I first saw it. I'm pretty sure it was not in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, probably, uh, I went on HBO or it was probably on someone's VHS copy. Went over to someone's house. Hey, I've got this movie to watch, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. I, I don't remember when. Okay. Probably. It's came out in 1980. So yeah. Probably during my college years at some point. Really? Uh, but I don't remember exactly when. Okay. Well, I think I probably saw it on, uh, we talked before about the ABC Sunday Night Movies. They had all the biggest movies. It's probably that. Um, I definitely would have saw it on HBO uh, a couple of years later, but I probably saw it on networks um, earlier than I saw it, uh, you know, on HBO. Um, I probably would have seen it before it hit the networks yeah. because the style of humor on yeah. all my group was really into that. You know, right. The right. Brooks movies, Monty Python. Yeah. Uh, Fried movie. That mm -hmm. style of uh, over the top mm -hmm. sarcastic humor, you know. Yeah. Who, yeah. who doesn't like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was definitely one of my favorite movies uh, when I was a little kid, for sure. Easily, um, easily is uh, is still funny when you're when you're ten years old or whatever. Um, and um, uh, the movie was, was released July fourth, nineteen eighty. July fourth. Mm -hmm. And uh, some of these movies are going to be familiar because we just did one uh, very recently. Uh, movies in theaters at the time. Here's a pretty good list: uh, Empire Strikes Back. Hey. Fame, The Shining, Shining, Urban Cowboy, Blue Lagoon, The Blues Brothers, Used Cars, and Caddyshack. 
Are all of those movies on your list? Yeah, every one of them. I yeah. would think so. Yeah, absolutely. Every one of them. Except maybe the Blues Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, Urban Cowboy, of course, obviously. Well, movie. I know how big Deborah Winger fan I'm a, I'm a big, uh, no, I'm a big Mechanical Bull fan. Yeah. That too. Gilly's Nightclub. Um, so those are. Those uh, are wasn't it Jilly's? No. Jilly's Nightclub? No, Gilly's. Mickey Gilly. Pretty sure it was Jilly's. No, Mickey Gilly. Uh, pretty sure it was Mickey Gilly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I mean, it's, after all, it's Jake Gyllenhaal, not Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan of uh, Gillian Jacobs, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, you know, Caddyshack came out about three weeks after this. It's hard to imagine two huge comedies like that, like in the theaters at the same time. It's it's pretty you remarkable. Know, the, the early eighties were a heyday for broad range comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought we'd talk about the sequel a little bit, Eight Point Two, which is still very good. Airplane Two, the sequel. Yeah. Which yeah. is its official title, right? To the sequel, right? And still, very good movie. I, I mean, I've seen it. You know, I've seen it five or six times, probably, and it's still a good movie. Um, not as good as this, obviously, but remember, I know it had Sonny Bono in it, and I think uh, Shatner was in it too. I think I, I don't recall. I think so. Um, and I remember Sonny Bono had like he had the bomb, and he had like a briefcase with the bomb in it. <clears throat> and uh, I don't remember too much about it, but still a good movie. Now, the directors of the movie um, <clears throat> were Abrams and Zucker and Zucker. Yes. <clears throat> and you cannot you cannot have more than one director on a film legally. <clears throat> it just doesn't. And they had to uh, hide the fact that they were really all three directing it. So they had to go into the, like their trailer and talk about things. And then come out, and the guy who was officially the director had to come out. I guess the, the guild rules. Yeah. Dictated that only one person is a director. Yeah, that was is all that control. You can, you can have multiple producers, multiple writers, multiple <laughs> actors, multiple stage right. hands. This and right. but only one director. Right. Yeah, that's that's one reason why you know the Coen Brothers and the Fairley Brothers. I mean, on the Coen Brothers, you know, one of them be credited as a director and the other one be credited as a writer. Well, actually, I think uh, almost <clears throat> universally, it's always written and directed by <clears throat> the brothers. It kind of gets around that. Who's the director officially? I think there's probably an official list of this person's the director, but for the credits, oh, okay. it's always written and directed by the Coen brothers. The okay. brothers Abram, this one said written and directed by Abram Zucker Zucker, you know? Yeah. And I noticed that. And uh, I wasn't thinking about the one director per movie mm -hmm. uh, rule, but uh, it makes sense why they would have not only combine all that to one credit so people know that these people did all this stuff. Yeah, but also to hide the fact of who really did what. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's it's one of those weird little Hollywood things. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the tagline for this is a really good tagline. Um, You've read the ad, and I'll see the movie. Good one. Yeah, it's actually a good, uh, you know, a good. Uh, I have a direct connection to this movie. Okay. Well, not the movie so much as Robert Hayes. So <clears throat> when we're making the TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, between the second and third season, Didi and I were here. There was a long break. We went back, and the moment we got back off the plane, we went to a celebrity poker tournament because it was playing mm -hmm. for us. And I sat at the table. There was a bunch of really interesting people there. Robert Davi was there, Carl Weathers, and mm -hmm. sitting right to my left, mm -hmm. Robert Hayes. Yeah, who about ten hands in took me out of the poker game. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I went back and bought back in. We played for a little while longer, and he decided he had to go. And it was a charity event. He just started handing his chips out to everyone, passing a stack to everyone mm-hmm. who took off. That was very nice. But yeah, that's a team to play. He, he t- I always say Robert Hayes took me out of a boat game. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, and uh, well, he is was and is a licensed pilot too. Really? Yeah. Was he a pilot at the time of the movie making? Or yeah. Did this come after? Yeah, he was. Yeah. It says, well, the trivia I read is he was and is. So he so was he really was. acting when he was in that cockpit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he can, and they said he could legitimately fly a four engine plane, which he mentions, you know, is like, yeah, my, my plane had one engine, it has four engines. So he really could fly. It's so much more difficult. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and uh, yeah, Zero, Zero Hour <laughs> is the movie that it's, uh, directly parodying. Uh, the protagonist in that movie was Ted Stryker. Exactly the same, except it was spelled with the Y instead of an I um, on the name. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a few people that auditioned for this movie, David Letterman, Bruce Jenner, and Sigourney Weaver all auditioned for this movie. Wow. And uh, Barry Manilow uh, auditioned for Ted Stryker. Barry Manilow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine an airplane with Barry Manilow and Sigourney Weaver in two leads. Yeah. yeah. Mm, no, I can't really do that. Yeah. Um, there was a bit that was written and filmed about blind Polish blind pilots. Uh, they had Jose Feliciano, really him, and they had lookalikes of Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles. And uh, the Polish-American uh, something league protested it. They said they took it out because it just wasn't that funny. Basically, they didn't. They said they didn't take it out because of that. It's just like it's not that funny. Was it really not that funny, or could they just not see the jokes? Good point. I'm sorry. Or they could just not see the humor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, Stephen Stucker, who uh, plays Johnny, um, uh, came up with all of Johnny's lines. He was apparently a good. Uh, he definitely improv. stood out. Oh over yeah. The top. Everyone else was deadpan, and he was flaming over the top. Oh yeah, absolutely. He was he was one of my favorites when I was a kid, you know. And he was always like, and except for like the big people in the movie, he was one that you didn't really necessarily see in other things that often. But in this movie, he really really stood out. And um, the uh, when you have uh, uh. They say, Johnny, what do you make out of this? Uh, when I think it's when Lloyd Bridges hands him the uh, facts or whatever. Yeah, the facts. Like the, make the weather an, facts. Make an air, paper airplane <laughs> or make a hat. A little brooch. Yeah. Um, they call, uh, who's it? Uh, the wife, is it? Is it? Um, April over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Graves' wife uh, calls him, calls her, and she's sleeping with the horse. <laughs> Let yourself out the back. <laughs> Let yourself out the back. Um, I guess the second second most famous movie scene involving a horse laying in a bed, probably. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, you only really saw the horse's head. That's true. That's true. Wow. The horse didn't get up. They yeah. Tried to. Well, yeah. And uh, someone says the fog is getting thicker. And uh, that's when Johnny says Leon's getting larger. He just, rub, just puts his hands on his belly. Um, uh, you see another movie parody. Um, they're talking about George Zip, and he says, "One just one for the zipper." One for the zipper. Um, I can't remember the. I know it's Ronald Reagan says it. Oh, it was uh, the new rock, you know, all American. Right, all American. The Gipper was a player who. Was right, right. Well, I know that, but what was the name of the movie? Actually, I think it was new rock, all American. 
Oh, okay. Because he okay. was a coach. Yeah, yeah. Of, uh, I don't know her name. Notre Dame, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess Ronald Reagan was Newt Rockney. I don't know, I remember who gave the speech and all that stuff. But, right. Um, so, yet another uh, movie parody yeah. within this movie. Um, Which is easy, because I believe earlier on the movie, they mentioned Ronald Reagan. I haven't felt as bad as Ronald Reagan. No, 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 Ronald Reagan film. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I was, yeah, they did. And uh, the, uh, you know, the movie was released in July of 80, so Reagan was definitely in the middle of his presidential campaign. Yes. When it was released. Because the, the election would have been in 80 and he would have taken over in 81. Right, right. So, um, you know, um, but I think, well, a lot of people at the time would have been more aware of Reagan's movie career because he was running for president. Yes. Certainly. Um, second mention of, uh, Ronald Reagan so far on the podcast after the Back to the Future stuff. Um, And uh, you see him looking at the radar and uh, they're playing Atari basketball on the radar screen, (laughs) which I had Atari Atari basketball. I mean, well, the graphics were horrible, but it's actually a pretty decent game only because the uh, AI of the computer would make the game close at the end. So it would be whatever, but then near the end would be like a last second shot. So that was that part of it was kind of nice. Um, and uh, you see the airplane flying. You see the antenna for WZAZ in Chicago where disco lives forever. <laughs> Until the airplane hits it. Right. And I looked up because uh, disco demolition night was July 12th, 1979. Oh, it was a year earlier. At Comiskey Park where they... Uh, in yeah. Chicago. I, I knew it was... And was WZAZ a real station? Were they I don't did think... Disco demolition night? I don't, you know what? I don't think so. Because uh, Never Not Funny, uh, the host Jimmy Parter is from Chicago, and he talks about it um, fairly often. And uh, But the that DJ on there is the guy that Howard Stern's sort of parody, not parody, but took his sort of style from. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it definitely was Chicago, of course. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Someone says uh, maybe we should turn the runway lights on, and uh, I think it's Robert Sexton. No, that's get all the lights on the runway. Right. It's like that's the way he says it. I've already done it. And then it shows a dump truck dumping all these lamps and such. Oh, okay. Well, the, the one I'm talking about, I guess I missed that one. But turn. Maybe we should turn the runway lights on now. No, that's what exactly what they'll be expecting us to do. <laughs> Which really doesn't make any sense at all. But uh, it's pretty funny. Um, and this is where we see Jonathan Banks from uh, Better Call Saul uh, and, uh, and Breaking Bad, um, where he's looking at the plane, or looking at the radar, and uh, he's saying he's 900 feet. Now he's at 1,300 feet. So what an asshole. Um, this also reminds me of something else, because uh, you know, Robert Stack came in the movie late, mm-hmm. but I kind of went back and looked, mm-hmm. at, looking for things early on, and what I noticed was and when Ted did his memory, Memory things and had all the planes crashing. Mm-hmm. The voice in the stage yeah. do this or that. That was Robert Stack's voice telling him to go low, go oh. high, go left, go right. Oh, all okay. those instructions. The voice in the stage oh, okay. Robert Stack, which is why. Yeah, I know you. Later on, why there's such anta- antagonism here. Yeah, must have been his captain who sent him on a mission. Yeah, um, and, and okay, that only he came back from. That makes more sense now. Uh, I didn't even realize that. Um, uh, you have also have uh, Johnny do the Wizard of Oz reference. Um, Annie M, Annie M. So that makes like what six or seven movie references at least that we know of in here. Um, you know, uh, after the credits, the guy is still waiting in the cab. Yes. You know? uh, 
which is uh, an early example of something, a joke after the credits. And then after that, I learned any comedy movie, you, know, you always got to wait. You know? wait. I mean, it, it bled into other movies. The movie that got me waiting, I don't know even know why I say mm-hmm. that long, was Ferris Bueller. Yeah. The, the great little scene in the end. What, you still here? The movie's over. Yeah. Go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, can you... What kind of effect do you think this this movie, this comedy movie, had on so many other movies? Because because it was successful, oh yeah, financially right off the bat, yeah, and it was cheap, easy to make. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it, the three the three guys Zucker, mm-hmm. Zucker, right, um, were able to produce more stuff. They did a lot of things in there in that vein. Yeah, um, I think it probably helped bring Mel Brooks back. To do a few more things, yeah. He had a very similar style. Oh yeah, of, very similar. Of, yeah, of, of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, you know they went on to do the Naked Gun on TV and then mm-hmm. do the Naked Gun movies well, as well. From the from the files of the police squad. The, yes, yeah. the files of the police squad. I said yeah. Naked Gun, but right, right, police right. squad. Right. Um, but I think that also this style of humor was noticed that uh, this this could work for a lot of other things and not just the, the movie parody. Yeah, uh, but the over the top, the constant. Mm-hmm. Hammering you with every little thing, right? Uh, so I think a year later would have been when you're really first seeing something coming out that really trying to mm-hmm. ride the coattails of yeah of uh, airplane. Yeah, well, a few years later they did uh, Top Secret, Top know, Secret. of course, Naked Gun, and Hot Shots, Hot Shots. Yeah, they definitely had uh, many many successes, been influenced a lot. Of other... Many times. Yeah. Well, they um, and also I think the uh, the scary movies definitely the similar yes. kind of uh, similar kind of uh, and then a lot of people ripped off kind of scary movie and yeah, scary movie definitely was really uh, we say an airplane style parody of Scream and those type yeah. of movies yeah and of course the franchise went as broad as it could go it needed mm-hmm. to go yeah yeah um, a lot of uh, I mean uh, uh, countless uh, you know comedy movies were. Spun off from this, you know, the style and the, the type of humor. And uh, renewed careers for a number of the players as well. Right, right. Because certainly Lloyd Bridges, obviously Leslie Nielsen, but Lloyd Bridges too. Yeah. Um, you know, Robert Stack, you know, ended up on Unsolved Mysteries for yes for a long, long time. And, you know, not not doing any humor. On His own show. comedy show. Uh, yeah. yeah. His own version of comedy. Yeah. And uh, Peter Graves, I think. Probably did some things. I can't remember now. I can't remember that he lived that much longer. Yeah, probably uh, not. Yeah. Um, I think he outlived his brother, James Arnaz. Um, I can't remember how long he the one were around. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he was certainly Mission, Mission Impossible, but maybe he uh, didn't last too much longer. No. Uh, but, um, yeah, this movie definitely uh, was a big one as far as comedy movies go, yes. that's for sure. And, um, and we'll be back right after this. Flight 209er, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? LA departure frequency 123.9er. Roger. Huh? Request vector. Over. What? Flight 209er, clear for vector 324. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Tower radio clearance over. That's Clarence over. Over. Roger. Huh? Roger, over. What? Huh? Who? Joey, we have something here for our special visitors. Would you like to have it? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Sure. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. You ever seen a grown man naked? Do you want me to check the weather, Clarence? No, why don't you take care of it? Joey, you ever hang around a gymnasium? 
You like movies about gladiators? Joey, have you ever been in a in a Turkish prison? All right, we're back here on the podcast. Uh, before we go into our trivia games, I, I did uh, look up the uh, multiplier as far as how much this movie made. Um, box office, not adjusted box office, but box office times the budget is uh, over 40 times, 45 times yeah. its budget, which is by far the most, you know, multiplier as opposed to profit. Biggest multiplier. Yeah. Profit. Like our biggest one so far, only like 25. So, cool. yeah. Um, and uh, it's time to play the, uh, the little trivia games we play on here. Uh, the first one is I'll be asking Paul a question. And uh, my, game's called, my game is called Characters Welcome which I take an actor from this movie and I pick another movie they were in. And it's definitely going to be a movie that Paul's aware of and he doesn't know ahead of time, but it's a fairly famous movie. And I named the character starting near the bottom characters, not the actors are in the movie. And he tries to pick the, the movie. movie, not the actor, but not the actor, the movie. Right. Right. And it's a movie that I know. So even though I know where these uh, <clears throat> actors have been in, some fairly obscure, yeah, movies from the forties and fifties. Right. Uh, this will be a movie I should know. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I'm starting now near the bottom. Um, <clears throat> I'm naming uh, uh, characters from that movie near the bottom. Uh, TV announcer. TV announcer. Wow, that's really kind of generic. Um. Airplane two, the sequel. No. Okay, that's good. Um, motorcycle cop. Motorcycle cop. Um, the enforcer. Mm-mm. Um, crazy man in New York Street. Uh, that narrows it down. Crazy man in New York Street. Um, no. All right. Uh, Claire slash. Dr. Marvin's secretary. Claire, Dr. Marvin's, Dr. Marvin. Dr. Marvin, I should probably know. Dr. Marvin, who's Dr. Marvin? Analyze that, analyze this. Mm-hmm. No, neither one. Um, Anna Marvin. Anna Marvin. Mm-hmm. Probably the wife or daughter of Dr. Marvin. Hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no. Faye Marvin. Also, probably the wife or daughter of Dr. Mm-hmm. Marvin. No. Dr. Leo Marvin. Okay, obviously. Okay, it's a doctor, family. No. People are screaming at their uh, yeah, phones the, right now. else knows who Leo Marvin is? Hey, call me right now. And the, uh, the, Number one uh, character in this movie, Bob Wiley. What about Bob? What about Bob? What about Bob? Yeah. Marvin's doctor was uh, Dreyfus. Yeah, Dr. Leah Marvin. And uh, Julie Haggerty played his wife. Ah, Faye Marvin. Gotcha, gotcha. Which I I would have known Dr. Leo Marvin, but I didn't remember her name was Faye, but, you know, Faye Marvin. Yeah, that was was a little bit That's a movie I would not have remembered. Yeah. I remember Remember the movie? Yeah. I remember how annoying Bill Murray was. Right, right. Baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. Yep. Yeah. And so now it's uh, Paul's turn to... Uh, ah. So my game is called Character Study. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take one of the actors from the airplane. And I'm going to uh, 
do something very similar. But I'm just going to name the characters that this actor has played. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, this is an actor, not an actress, because there's pretty much only the one mm -hmm. actress in here. Mm -hmm. Barbara Billings leads in, in a small part, and, mm -hmm. and a few other morning govern. You've had other roles and all. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, it's a guy. And I'm going to start naming characters they play in movies, not TV shows, mm -hmm. movies. And uh, to make it a little uh, tougher for you to figure out, I'm going to start at the time of this movie mm -hmm. off the IMDb page and just bring it closer. Okay. So this was 1980. I'm going to start right at the uh, the airplane. I'm going to skip over that one because you know that it is. And the next movie we have is also 1980. You played Jack Graham. Uh, Robert Stack? No. Um, and then oh, he played Dutch Schultz in 1981. In 1981, in a movie, Dutch Schultz, the Dutch Schultz, Robert Hayes. No, 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 no. no. Let's see. Oh, he played a hitchhiker in the movie Francis. Uh, in 1982, um, Peter Graves. No, no. In 1982, he also played Algren. Um, Leslie Nielsen. No, no. Uh, let's see. Look at the next movies. There's a lot of TV shows. Lots of TV shows. Lots of TV. Oh, he was in Gremlins. He played Deputy Brent in 1984. <sighs> I'm sure you know Gremlins. Yeah, I do. Um, I also know I'm not going to know the name. All right. Also in 1984, yeah. I'm not going to tell you the name of the movie, yeah. but he played Lizardo Hospital Guard. Um, I, I, I'm not going to know the guy's name, though, the actor's name. I can see his face. Oh, you're going to know his name. He was in Beverly Hills Cop. He played, oh, he Jonathan played Banks. There Jonathan you go. Banks. Hey. Jonathan Banks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. One of my I was thinking of someone else for some reason. Yeah. Jonathan we're, Banks. We're both fans of uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Saul, so we're familiar with the guy. Although yeah. I actually first noticed him in a TV show called Wise Guy. Okay. Back in the right, 80s. Right, right. He was the handler for Ken Wall. Ken Wall. Okay. Wise Guy. Yeah, he pretty much always played some kind of a gangster mob. Gangster. Tough guy, criminal. Gangster or government. Yeah. Government guy. Yeah. Whatever goes in a black suit. Okay. Black yeah. suit and tie. Yeah. Um, so it's a good time now. We're going to talk about who's your guy. Who's, who's, your, guy? who's your guy? Who's my guy in the movie? Wow. Uh, I'll let you go first here while I think about this because uh, there's so many people okay. in this movie. Yeah, there are. Um, I think I'm going to pick uh, Johnny um, because he's such a, you know, he's he was so well known from this movie, but this is... Steven Stucker? Yeah. So he's not, he's just not really uh, outside of this movie. You don't Hear much about him, but he was so great. The fact that he um, came up with his own lines. Um, apparently, he was like a improv improv guy that uh, Zucker and Abrams very, very knew. much in the flavor of Seven Night Live or Second City. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they pretty much trusted him and let him run with whatever. I'm sure. I've never watched the deleted scenes. I'm sure there was hundreds of other jokes that he threw out there that were really good too. Um, so yeah, Stephen Sucker. I'm going to go with uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. The reason is that uh, I thought he played Roger fairly well, mm -hmm. but the sports cameo, mm -hmm. uh, the making fun of himself, 
as yeah. a Laker, yeah. uh, down to the uniform, mm-hmm. um, the way he basically played himself for laughs. Uh, yeah. I thought uh, that was a, a kind of a new new high point for the celebrity drop-in. Uh, and I yeah. think that he helped other celebrities think, you know, I don't have to just play it straight. I don't have to do this or the other. Right. I can make fun of myself and have fun with it. Yeah. That, that might have led to, uh, like, the Farrelly brothers always had one famous athlete playing themselves in every one of their movies. So that maybe that's kind of the thing that led to that. Um, and Brett Favre was in something about Mary. Uh, Roger Clemens was in something. Uh, um, somebody, I can't remember. Who was in Me, Myself, and Irene? Um, maybe yep. that was Roger Clemens. What about Stuck on You? Um, geez, I can't remember now. <laughs> well, I've seen them all, but I know they have a famous uh, sports. sports I, I only really remember. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the titles, not the movies. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just throwing them out there. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, they had they had a famous sports star in every one of the movies playing themselves. So, um, yeah, he was great in this movie. Actually, I thought about picking him as my guy too. Um, so who who is the villain in this movie? Who is the villain? before before we go? Let's let's go over the top ten list so far. Okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know, every movie we pick a villain, and then we re- we rank them uh, based on our current running tally of top 10 villains uh right now uh, starting at the bottom number 10 we have glenn from raising arizona we have uh clarence not the clarence in this movie but clarence worley from true romance uh kyle's mom from the south park movie she's a big fat bitch uh biff from back to the future we have snyder uh it's charles durning's character from the sting johnny favorite from angel heart um we have jack um from the shining rusty nail from joyride uh buddy it's John Hamm's character in Baby Driver and Hans Gruber from Die Hard. And that's the current top ten list. So who is the villain in this movie? Who is the villain? Ah, ah. The villain traditionally is the person who is most antagonistic against the mm-hmm. hero, the hero mm-hmm. being Ted Stryker. So who is it that really tries to keep Ted Stryker from being the hero? Mm-hmm. Well, it's Ted Stryker. Yeah, Ted Stryker's fighting himself and his memories. Mm-hmm. Um, you could maybe make the argument that Captain Kramer, Robert Snack's character, could be the villain because mm-hmm. he was apparently the captain mm-hmm. back yeah. during the, the war that helped put him into the position he's at. Yeah, yeah. But a number of people have pointed out to Stryker, he's kind of got to get over it. He's yeah. Past, leave it in the past. Yeah. He's really his own stumbling block. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not to, not to go there. Uh, I have an idea. What do you, what's your idea? I think the villain is the fish. The fish, you know, interesting. I mean, like the cooked fish. That right, that everybody gets sick. Anybody they eat the fish is sick. Um, wow, that's a little too obscure. Is it? Yeah, I think that either way we're going to come down. This yeah. is not going to make our top ten. Okay. I, I can't imagine right. either one of those two being more villainous than Glenn. Yeah. And we've had on the list before <clears throat> fairly benign villains. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have to stick with Ted. Ted Stryker. Okay. He's, a villain. He's, he's the most he's in his way more than, than anything else. Mm-hmm. He's got to overcome himself, his own internal demons. And mm-hmm. he eventually does with the help of the zipper. Mm-hmm. 
win one for the zipper. Yeah. Fly one for the zipper. Yeah. Um, and the fish, he didn't eat the fish. So the right. fish didn't really get him. No. The fish didn't really no. inhibit him. No. Um, so although the fish was around, mm-hmm. although the fish swam around him, mm-hmm. uh, it didn't quite hinder him. Okay. It really made things more difficult. Right. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm going to stick with Ted. For okay. Ted Striker. But yeah, I agree that and he wouldn't make the list. I don't know where he would be. He wouldn't be the top. No. No. Yeah, I agree. Ted Striker's a good almost Because of his hero arc in the, in the storyline, this movie, I really don't even like calling him also the villain. Yeah. I just say that he is the most villainous thing that, that prevents him from uh, fulfilling what he should be fulfilling as a hero. He's yeah. got to overcome his own internal demons. Mm hmm. And everyone tries to help him. Eventually, you know, the good doctor gets through mm-hmm. with that coincidental story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Ted Stryker's a villain, but he does not make the list. I agree. Ted Stryker is his own villain. Yeah. His drinking problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's time to talk about uh, the list. What number uh, What number is it on your list? <clears throat> this... Uh, this would be my, my top half of my list. Yeah. Not 50, but not, mm-hmm. not too high. Probably around 41, 42 now. Okay. Okay. The humor is uh, not quite timeless. Mm-hmm. It was the parodies of the movies that were more topical at the time. So mm-hmm. therefore more pointed, more sharp. Mm-hmm. They, the passage of time is dulled, some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for some people, I'm sure younger generations, kids, anywhere in say, the range of uh, – 10 to 20, who saw this for the first time, mm-hmm. the humor would be completely lost in them because they don't have the reference that we had when mm-hmm. we first saw it. Yeah. They don't have the movie reference. They don't have the cultural reference. A lot of it would just be um, not really there for them. They, they would probably get the Shirley, you don't, you know, don't be serious. Yeah. Don't be Shirley. They would probably get the, what's a building, you know, it's a, what's it for? It's a right. big building. But you know, yeah. They yeah. get that kind of right. more, more direct. Jokey telling, right? Humor, and anyone that's forty years old or younger want to get the coffee thing, the coffee. Yeah, uh, that's a obscure. I barely remember it. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) I mean, they would understand there's something there, right? Right, and then the callback later on with the vomit, they might say, "Oh, that's a setup for the vomit." Right, not realizing that it was originally commercial. Yeah, callback to commercial, Mm -hmm. therefore a parody of that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of the other humor, like the the guitar Mm -hmm. knocking out the girls. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. easy to see. A lot of the slapstick physical humor, right. the, the, the autopilot having to be reinflated, mm-hmm. that's easy to get. That's understandable. Yeah. But a lot of the cultural stuff would be lost and is lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to the younger generation. So man, it can't be, it'll slide down the scale as time goes by. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think it is on that list? On you. Um, you said you saw this not in the theaters, but uh, I probably even post HBO, maybe. NBC, ABC. So I saw it now. probably on networks before or HBO. So you probably saw it with a few of the things cut out. Oh, definitely. Uh, a lot of dirty jokes in here. Dirty jokes cut out. You probably still liked it anyway. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you probably would have seen it uh, 80 or... 81, probably. probably. would have seen it when you were 10, 12, 13. Yeah, 10. Right in that range for this humor. To really oh, yeah. Big. Yeah. yeah. Um, nostalgia factor being high. I'm going to put it around the same area. I'm thinking, let me look at my list here see mm-hmm. where we're at. Yeah. Uh, I've got the list of movies here with the numbering so far. Where are we with you and your list? Here we are. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm thinking you're in the 40s. I'm going to open the 40s. If we've hit 42 and 46, I'm going to go a little bit lower, 48. Number 16. 16. Much yeah. higher on the list. Than yeah. I thought. Wow. Yeah. 16. That really made an impression on young oh, yeah. Jason Martin. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, as far as pure comedy, it's, uh, you know, I think one of the funniest movies ever made. Just pure comedy. I think this is our third top 20 movie. Yeah. Uh, Why the dog at 18, Baby mm-hmm. Driver at 10, and now Airplane at 16. Yeah, second highest movie so far. Yeah. On my list. Wow, wow. Yeah. Well, well, well. Yeah, that's a big one. I would not have put it up that high for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, number 16 on the list. And uh, it's time to talk about uh, plugs. Do you have any plugs? plugs? Oh. You know what? I don't have any plugs, but you know, talking about this movie and, and people in it. Uh, you know, Peter Graves was in a movie called Starlock 17 from 1953, mm-hmm. which I think is one of the best movies ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recommend people go out, find it, watch it, mm-hmm. enjoy it. Starlock 17. Yeah. William Holden, Peter Graves. Lots of good actors. Yeah. There's a bunch of people in that. Yeah. Um, the um, And my, my plugs, uh, first of all, I want to mention uh, we have uh, a new country of person that listens to the podcast. Someone, someone in Ghana now. Ghana. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. I used yeah. to work at a Ghana bar. Well, I, I ran a poker game at one for one of the local poker clubs. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. There's no punchline there? I was waiting for punchline. No, no, no. There was a... a okay. It was, it was a... It was <laughs> a it was some the, the guy, I the guy who ran it was, a, was from Ghana. Okay. All the people that played there, most, most of the, the locals who didn't play poker right. were soccer players who were all... Uh, okay. Team together. They're all from Ghana. They're I was waiting for a punchline. There's nothing else. Some pun I was missing there. No. I'm gonna go play some poker or something. Oh, yeah. not right now. Okay, everything shut down. Yeah, and um, yeah. The, other than that, uh, plugs are uh, you know obviously uh, tell your friends about the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. like us, love us, subscribe, uh, set for automatic download uh, if you can do that. Depends on which app you're listening to. Um, it's gonna depend on which app you listen to. Yeah, it, it will. That's true. Um, and um, as far as what we're doing next week. Um, you need to uh, trust a cat. Uh, you know, you need to know your quarantine protocol and uh, keep your grappling hit close. Uh, next week, we're talking about Alien. Not Aliens, but right. Alien. Alien. First movie by Ridley Scott. It's 1979. Yeah, 1979. Uh, sci-fi classic. Yes. Uh, yeah. And that's next week on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. <laughs>
take me. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Cuddy say he can't hang. Oh, stewardess, I speak jive. Oh, good. He said that he's in great pain and he wants to know if you can help him. All right, would you tell him to just relax and I'll be back as soon as I can with some medicine? Just hang loose, blood. She's gonna catch up on the rebound on the med side. What it is, big mama? My mama raised no dummies. I duck her rap. Cut me some slack, Jack. Chomp the one to help, chomp don't get the help. Say can't hang, say seven up. Jive ass dude don't got no brains in Doctor, I've checked everyone. Mr. Stryker's the only one. What flying experience have you had? I flew single engine fighters in the Air Force, but this plane has four engines. It's an entirely different kind of flying, altogether. It's an entirely different kind of flying. Bad news. Fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. Boss, head man, top dog, big cheese, a head honcho. Captain, number look at this. Passengers certain to die. Airline negligent. There's a sale at Penny's. All right, he's on final now. Put on all runway lights except Niner. Captain, uh, maybe we ought to turn on the searchlights now. Oh. That's just what they'll be expecting us to do. 